Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right. It's another episode of Fixing Your Agile Coaching. I'm professional scrum trainer, Kanban trainer, not a coach, Ryan Ripley. This is my good friend, Bob Galen over here. A total awesome coach. And uh, actually, you know, Bob and I go way back. Uh, I would call Bob a mentor. He may not own me or claim me. He may not own that, but I, I claim it. Author of one of my most favorite product ownership books. Oh, oh I, I mean, I, I go through this one constantly. I mark it up. Um, I love the fact he did a third edition. If you haven't read Scrum Product Ownership by Bob, it's excellent. Um, Thank you, Ryan. I, I, I can't take credit for, I just say stuff and share yeah. stuff, but you've, you've, You've accelerated without me, which is kind of cool. Which is kind of cool. Good. But, uh, but thank you for that. You're and welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm. I'm super excited. You were able to uh, able to do this um, because when I think about agile coaching, and of course, I think lately people have seen I've thrown some opinions out there, some some kind of controversial stuff. Um, but when I think about you know who who's embodies the kind of agile coach that I really support. It's Bob. And so I'm really excited he was able to come and join us. And actually, I think what we're going to talk about today is excellence in coaching. You know, I think this is a, it's a topic near and dear to Bob. It's something that I'm certainly interested in. Bob, maybe you can tee this up, like excellence in coaching. When you think about this topic, uh, I've, I've heard some rumblings that there might be a book on the way in this space that you might want to talk about. Um, but excellence in coaching, what does that mean to you? And why is that so important? It's, it's really a lot of my inspiration. So talking about the product owner book, Ryan, what inspired me to do it at at the time was there was a void. So the first edition was 2009. And if you remember back at that time, and it was around 2007 to 2009 was when the writing was going on. And there was very little guidance on product ownership. And there was a lot of crappy product ownership, not crappy product owners, but there were, if you looked at guidance, there was like, yeah. you know, a few pages and there was a picture and then product owners are out in the real world struggling. And I, not that I'm going to solve that, but I wanted to do something about it to help 
that community. So that was the passion and the inspiration. So fast forward to today, in Agile coaching, I almost see the same darn thing. It's uh, someone did a, a LinkedIn search and how many Agile coaches, how many people on LinkedIn claim to be Agile coaches? Yeah. And there were like 250,000 Agile coaches. And that's, I know that that's not true. There are not 250,000 yeah. in the planet Earth really solid agile coaches. So there's this struggle in the world of what is what is an agile coach? How do you determine the good ones? What are the standards and the ethics around it? And and there's not good answers in that space, I think. Uh, and there's a lot of people sort of practicing without a permit and doing, and I think doing lots of damage, like lots and lots of damage. Uh, some of them are, they just don't know any better. Uh, a lot of them are chasing money. Uh, some it's malicious, but at the end of the day, I, I I think it's we don't have a lot of excellence out there. And and I'm not saying I am, but I am working in that direction, and I am constantly sharpening my soul in that direction. So, so I care about excellence. Uh, the reason I'm passionate about it is because I don't think we're there. Um, and you alluded to I'm one of the, the it instigated me to write a book. Again, I'm not going to solve it. But I wanted to talk about, from my point of view, what does badass agile coaching look like? What does excellent agile, even forget ex, extraordinary. I want, for our clients deserve extraordinary coaching because agile transformation or agile journeys are are freaking hard. Yeah. And 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 we have the response. People are engaging us with the responsibility of help me, and we need the skills to be able to do that and to do that effectively. So I think there's a gap. There's a lot of damage, and I'd like to see it improved. Yeah, that, that 250,000 number just blows my mind that there's that many out there. There's that many claiming it. I mean, it's, it's a title I refuse to, to take. I haven't earned that, and I, I won't do it. I haven't gone through professional coaching credentials. I have not. Um, I, if you want me to be a scrum consultant, I'm very comfortable in that space. I can come in. I can work with your teams. I can help. Um, make suggestions. You know, Todd and I saw a gap in that consultant space, right? So that's why we wrote a book. Same as same kind of motivation. It's like no one's talking about how to fix really bad Scrum practices, right? So here's a book on everything we've tried in 20 years to fix bad Scrum, and um, and and so what I love about what you're doing is it's like here's a problem. Let's talk about it. How do we get? How do we chase down excellence? Um, but also, you know, I I would imagine part of this this problem is really Dunning Kruger right? They just don't know what they don't know. And, and and what I like about what you had just said is you're still pursuing excellence. You're chasing it. You're sharpening the saw. When I hear people talk like that, I get hopeful, right? Because no, we're all doing that. I'm still trying to become a really good scrum master after 20 years. Right. I still don't, I still make mistakes. I still upset people. I still mess stuff up. And uh, I think that that chasing the excellence is, is awesome. You know, something that remind that I always think about with your product owner book is you had that four quadrants of a product owner, which really framed the role for me, right? It was one of those, it was like project management, program management, leadership, and business analysis, the four right. quadrants that you laid out. Do you have a similar kind of paradigm or idea for the Agile coach? Do you have kind of a similar setup that kind of frames out uh, what excellence in coaching would look like? So if you remember Lisa Atkins in her book, and I, I forget, I think it's the Agile Coaching Institute. I, Agile, it's the Agile framework, or the Agile Coaching framework. It's, some people call it the X-Wing model. So it's okay. an X-Wing, if you've seen that. 
and they talk about four areas there and I, I'm, I, I'm gonna I hope I get it right uh, facilitation right. Uh, mentoring coaching um, maybe teaching was one of the uh, which is different from mentoring and they talked about those are the four core stances of agile coaching and then the anchor stance was the coaching what what you think of you mentioned it the professional coaching stance the asking questions the not the not consulting stance uh, the coaching stance and what what I've anchored on in the book you need to anchor on something in the book so this book I actually found something in the public domain called the agile coaching growth wheel and and you can look at it as what is agile coaching i think .com or .org it came out of some uh, coaching retreats sponsored by the scrum alliance around 2016 17 18 it's a creative commons thing uh the wheel has what the wheel added that i really like is it added an advising stance which i always felt i always felt that lisa missed i mean i understand why she missed it because she was professionally trained there are people that like what's your core root stance when you go into agile coaching and nowadays, there's a very strong, I think, influence on if you're going to be a coach, you're going to enter with professional coaching or coactive or something like that as, as a background. And you're going to ask powerful questions. And I've, that, that's, I'm not saying that's a bad stance. That's a stance. But I, I think consulting stance, like you alluded to being a consultant, I think that's a coaching stance. So I would count you, Brian, as a coach. You might live more, you know, you might be a 10 in consulting. You might be, yes, exactly. You might be, uh, I, I, again, you have different strengths, but then there's the ability to switch stances in your coaching. So you're not stuck. So we're anchoring the book on the Agile Coaching Growth Wheel. How about that? There you go. And, cool. and the, way you, the way you look at it, those greens are the four core stances. Uh, the maroons serving the team they're trying to really emphasize a servant mindset from the coaching standpoint so as a coach am i thinking about serving the team am i thinking not just thinking about am i adopting a serve the team am i stepping into service to the team or service to the organization or service to the product owner and the agile lean uh, leases the x-wing model had a basic core competency called agile lean that's our domain experience, et cetera. So I, I like the wheel because it it sort of it, it extended into advice. It gave credit to consultative stance. Uh, yeah, because I think actually, sometimes go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say this is actually like the the first model, and I, I was not familiar with this. So I really appreciate you showing this to me. This is the first kind of coaching model where I look at it and I go, Yeah, I could actually see myself weaving in and out of all of these That's, stances. That's what I, and some of them are going to be weaker, right? That's why yeah. you're saying I'm not a coach, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. That's actually right. But, but there's areas here where you're stronger. Like I would, I would, I would pay you to be an advisor coach. You have chops in that space. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm consulting. No, you're coaching in an advising stance. That's now one of the, one of the dangers here is you don't want to lock into, well, at least in my opinion, you don't want to become a one trick pony with all I, you don't want to, you know, whenever I have a client, I'm always advising or I'm always coaching or I'm always facilitating. You yeah. want to, you, you said, it, I want to be able, I want to have the skills so I can situationally sense and respond and be aware 
and weave, weave in and out of these things. Very cool. I so like that's that. the anchor. That's the anchor model. Now the bad news, Ryan, it's sort of funny. Well, it depends on your perspective is in my, I I've ranted about it. I've written some blog posts where I've ranted about, we don't have coaching standards. And I talked about the wheel and I was venting on the Scrum Alliance a little bit. And, and so the Scrum Alliance has sponsored a volunteer group who is uh, updating the wheel. <laughs> now, that, that's a really good thing, except if you're anchoring a book on the old <laughs> wheel. <laughs> so, Bob, the, the upside is you're probably going to get a second edition. <laughs> or 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 I pause. So I'm like, what? Yeah. I think I'm going to pause a little bit, and we're going to, you know, so we and and update it, and it's going to evolve. But it's it's all good. Uh, but they've evolved it. Um, they they've actually had a leadership stance. So I've influenced just due to not me. I mean, I I write things, and then people it makes people think about them. But I've talked about, I think a coach sometimes has to adopt a leader stance where they're like yep. a change agent leader. Uh, now, again, I'm not saying you come in full of yourself and 100% of the time you coach from this big-headed leader position or a big-headed consulting position. But I, I've, I've seen sometimes we have to step into that and lead the way. Uh, and and you've, you've probably done that in, in part of your journey. You're We're... Thought ex we're thought leaders. So sometimes that might be helpful to the client. So we're not doing it for us. We're doing it in service to the client. Well, but, and often that that stance, that thought leader stance or that that more consultative or actually more direct um, change agent, like you mentioned, that comes out of a request from the client. It's not where we want to be. But if the client comes in and says, look, we need to do something now. Well, we have to step into that stance sometimes, right? You know so, what? I'm I agree with you. Uh, see, again, it goes back to, uh, so there's a lot of one trick ponies in the world. And I think, so identifying a model and then talking about this situational where, and the skill and the adeptus and the experience it takes to, to be able to weave through these things. That to me is extraordinarily badass agile coaching. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's a journey. I'm not my, I mean, as long as I live, I will be able to continue to learn and strengthen in those areas, well, right? To become a better coach. And, and I think one of the interesting things about, you know, whether we've graduated to thought leaders, I, I appreciate you including me in that title. Um, I'm not necessarily comfortable with that idea. Maybe I should be, but what I find is the, the more with it, we get pulled into that kind of title, the less we realize we know. <laughs> it's like, we know very little about the world, but, we know enough to, to, that we need to keep learning, right? Absolutely. So now, all of that being said, I've, I've gone through an ORSC program. Uh, I'm not ORSC certified, but I'm ORSC trained and I've gone through an ORSC cohort. Uh, so I'm 85% ORSCified or if, what, however you want to say it. And I've, we, I've woven. So each one of those quadrants or those areas or those stances uh, is important. And I think the coaching stance weaves through all of those things. Sure. Uh, like listen, like listening skills, uh, is something that you want to listen, no matter what you're doing. Listen to, if you're teaching, listening or mentoring, if you're coaching, uh, sensing the landscape, 
right? Sensing the emotional field, emotional intelligence is something that comes out of ORSC and, and really systems coaching. Being a, being more systems aware in right. group-based coaching is something that comes out of that. So there are some underlying sort of pinnings underneath the model. Uh, and so professional coaching, I, I have newfound respect for it. But again, I see, I see agile coaches and all they do so it goes back to effectiveness or ineffectiveness. I've seen a lot of agile coaches now because everyone's saying professional coaching. All they do, Ryan, is ask questions yeah. to clients. And I mean, I mean, hundred percent. I'm a, I'm asking questions, and they and I've seen clients. I've come in, and clients' heads have been exploded. Right, their their little heads are laying on their desks or on their virtual desks, and they've exploded because no one they need help, uh, whatever you want to call it, advisory help. Uh, leadership help, uh, multi-nuanced help, and and people have asked them lots of questions, and that's not effective. That's not serving the client. Well, well, no. I mean, there are, and th and this has been, you know, part of my frustration. Part of my tweets and polls and the things that I've been digging into has been, I, there there are times where if I ask a powerful question when someone is struggling with a Scrum concept, I'm going to get kicked out if I don't tell them how to do something or give them an idea. And what I like about this wheel, and I love the fact you're anchoring a coaching book around this, is that coaching is, professional coaching is an aspect, but it's not the whole game, right? I mean, I would actually take this wheel, I would say, I would expect a scrum master to be able to do these things. Like, I, I actually think this is a great model of competency for you know, an agile coach who's working with the wider organization, a scrum master who's working from an inward of a team and then outward. I, I love this. I This kind of scoping of what an agile coach could or should be really makes me happy. It also should make hopefully a lot of people out there realize a two day class with either me or Bob or anyone else does not get you here. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. It, it doesn't get you here. There's a lot on this wheel that, and Bob, I would say there are one, two, maybe five of these that I am comfortable with and the rest I'm terrified of. <laughs> right you, you know what so let me let me give you a little bit more of a teaser for the wheel one of the things i like about it so the x-wing model and again all due respect to lisa and the x-wing model and it was a bait and it's still valid what's nice of what the wheel does is it talks about competency levels under each slice yeah so if you look remember coaching and then coaching mindset ryan all right, I'll put it back. If you if you read the and it's it's not easy it's on the website but it's a lot of text there are five levels under each one. So what you can do is drill in and say, coaching, coaching mindset, what does level one look like? Uh, so what does beginner look like? And to what does more advanced look like? And you can self-assess. So you can go, you can take a walk around the wheel and, and this isn't for your employer. This isn't for, you know, salary adjustments. This is for you yeah. to, to craft your, your journey as a coach and you can self-assess and then start planning your learning journey based on where you want to go. Uh, and, and so it, the, co the competencies are built into it. And I think that really helps with like us, us guiding our own journey, being self-aware of what we're good at, what we're not good at and, and, and not beating ourselves up, but then planning a journey of how do we strengthen ourselves? Very nice. No, Bob, this is great. I, I think this kind of model and kind of anchoring ourselves around agile coaching here, <clears throat> excuse me. I think this is just such a great way to think about it. That advising slice has brought me totally back on board 
that's the one area where I just kind of get frustrated. I actually went through um, one of the certifying organizations. I, I'm a, I can train for this organization. I can teach their coaching and facilitation class. But to be able to teach the coaching class, you had to demonstrate professional coaching, which you could not make a direct statement. And it just drove me nuts. I had to do it twice because I could not help advise at a spot where advice was. A, and even the the person testing me said, yeah, if it's if this were a normal engagement, advice would have made total sense there. That might have been unfair, but you're supposed to stay in a coaching stance and demonstrate that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? Um, See, that's that's that. Prof so professional coaching has sort of, you know, professional coaching is a subset of agile coaching, if you think yeah. or it should be. And if you let it dominate, not that it's it's not bad, it's great, but we need to be much more nuanced than that. In the yeah, book, yeah. Ryan, we talk about coaching. Uh, one of the metaphors I have is a coaching arc, and Lisa talked about it. So how do you enter a coaching conversation? Then, it, So it, to me, use a chess metaphor, opening moves, middle game, end game, or an arc, and how do I land that conversation? And, and coaching is could be connected arcs, right? You could have an organizational arc and then individual arcs or team arcs or whatever. But the point is, during an arc, I might enter in coaching stance, asking a few questions. You with me? Now yeah. I sense and respond. Oh, they don't know something. So now I need to have the situational awareness. Or like you said, a leader. I'm coaching a leader, and they need an answer. So I need to be able to be nimble and switch to advisory stance. Yeah. But not too much. I, I don't want to – I want them to be – I want to be leveraging their domain experience and their and their context experience, but at the same time, giving them some ideas. And then I might want to land on coaching stance again, or even mentoring stance and setting something up. So we start with mentoring again. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be all over the place. A coaching arc shouldn't have 22 stance switches. But the right. point is, is I, I need to be weaving those things and not staying stuck. And the client is what drives that. I just, I see it. I, I love the chess analogy. Of course it's uh, you know, and sometimes there's an easy tactic that ends the discussion quickly. It's, Oh, this was yep. a very basic misunderstanding. Here's a, here's a, yep. a quick idea. Uh, I, yep. I see this kind of like as dancing, not to, you don't want to mix too many metaphors and analogies, but it's just a give and a take and a flow. Right. And, but I also like your, your warning of don't get fancy. <laughs> like you don't have to show off, but if, if there's one yep. or two switches based on what happens, that's probably a really good arc and you've probably helped someone out tremendously. Absolutely. Well, Bob, you, know I, you, you are ahead. a coach, Ryan. You, you mentioned dancing. That's another uh, metaphor in professional coaching. It's another metaphor that I use in the book. Uh, it's, it's, it is very much, it's a, it's either Kinevin, the sense and respond nature or dancing where you're sort of, you're, you're, you're in the moment, right? You're with the client. But I think the best of coaches, and you have to be experienced to get that. You can't get that after a two-day class or three, or even a two-day class and then, I don't know, scrum mastering or whatever. You, you need experience to be able to dance effectively, to be able to, to be nimble and to be smooth in that. Love it. Wonderful Bob. metaphors. Thank you so much. I, the coaching wheel is something that I had never seen. I'm, I'd imagine a lot of our audience uh, perhaps has not seen this as well. And I, I think it's just a, a wonderful thing to anchor a, a thought process, a book around. I can't wait to, for that book to be available. Um, that's going to be awesome. And it's probably going to get me right back on board with agile coaching. And it's probably going to help uh, set a new level of standard 
And I think that's what we need. And so I think you're right. There's a gap here. And I really appreciate you showing us this. And I really appreciate you stepping into that gap because I know you're going to get a lot of praise, but there's also going to be a lot of heat. And so this and, is awesome. And, and that, thank you, Ryan. And that comes to the territory, as you know, but yes. it's, it's all good. You know, Agile Excellence, and you live in this space, it's it's worth it's worth doing well and it's worth it's worth taking those risks. So thank you for having me. It was a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out uh, this great conversation with Bob. If you want to learn more about Bob, we've got some links in the description, uh, links to his books, his website, The Agile Moose. If you're not on his newsletter, you got to check it out. Musings from Bob Monthly. They're awesome. Be sure to check out the Agile for Humans socials. They're up on the left-hand side. Like and subscribe so you never miss an episode with all these great Agile coaches. Some videos just popped up below. YouTube thinks you'll like them. We do too. Uh, for Bob Galen, I'm Ryan Ripley. Thanks for being here for another episode of Fixing Your Agile Coaching. We'll be back next week with another uh, Agile coaching expert teaching us more about the things we apparently didn't know. Awesome stuff at the wheel. And uh, can't wait to see what we learn next week. Thanks, everybody. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on!